Uh, I guess another thing that uh, that you should probably know before we get going is that uh, I never know when uh, our uh, super executive producer, Chris Sear, uh, is going to drop the music in. So... Okay, so uh, Ron, the way this works is, as you know, it's it's Wednesday today, but this show actually actually drops on Friday. Now, I know um, as as a Gentile, you don't have access to the same kind of information that I, as a person of the Jewish persuasion, uh, gets because we get a binder at the beginning of the week uh, from the global government, the banks, and the entertainment industry, which tells us everything that's going to happen throughout the next week. So I actually know what's going to happen today, Wednesday, and Thursday as well, but we can't let on that uh, we have that information. So um, I'm just going to leave this very large binder off to my uh, left here. I'm not going to open that, so we will, when we're talking current events, just make sure that we keep the current events limited to to things that happen um, before Wednesday morning at uh, 6.30 a.m. Is that in the binder? I can't disclose that information. I'm not allowed to say what is and is not in the binder. I just have to keep it on me at all times, like the nuclear football. Senator Oman was right. She's a representative. Oh, she's sorry. a congressperson. She's not representative. She's not not a not a senator. You see, you get your get your facts straight. Get your facts. I don't straight. have a binder, Yale. Okay, Sarah. This would probably be a good place to play the theme song. He probably won't. He's probably going to play it in the middle of some other dialogue. But we're going to assume that the theme song has played. So now is the time when I welcome you, the listener, to Impolite Coffee Break. It is arguably Friday, the 29th of March, uh, when this episode drops. You, of course, are free uh, to listen to it at your leisure uh, and in multiple interviews. Uh, This morning, we have in the studio with us the wonderful Ron Finger. Ron Finger, good morning. Good morning, you. Impolite Coffee Break does not come to you by um, the, uh, the the hand of God. Um, close, but we have sponsors. Uh, this is not one of the uh, self-manifesting phenomena. It is brought to you by sponsors. Sponsors like Taco Circus. Taco Woo. Circus. Fuck. 4258 Schiller down at Schiller and Morgan Ford. It's a taco. It's a circus. They have Austin-style Tex-Mex delicacies at your disposal every Wednesday through Monday starting at 8 a.m. On Fridays and Saturdays, they're open until 8 p.m. Every other day that they're open, they're open until 3 p.m. So... Get out there, get some breakfast, get some lunch on the weekend, grab some dinner. Just buy bags and bags and bags of tacos and eat them whenever the hell you want. We're not cops. We're not going to tell you how you have to eat your food. That's a shout-out to Chris Sear with the cop thing. I really do need to get my own thing, but uh, we'll worry about that next time. We also are sponsored by the Fortune Teller Bar. The Fortune Teller Bar at 2635 Cherokee down in the heart of the Cherokee Arts and Business District. They uh, offer up craft cocktails, uh, many of which are enhanced by the house-made bitters in their bitters lab. Uh, They do have uh, food on occasion. Uh, They do have a very interesting ceiling that you can gaze at while you're having your palm red. 
while you're having uh, your tea leaves read. Uh, to my knowledge, they do not read the bumps on cattle and trails, but maybe that's uh, maybe you've got that skill. Maybe maybe you out there can uh, talk to the good people at the Fortune Teller Bar about uh, you know maybe uh, getting a gig. Uh, doing that on the side Uh, i don't know what i do know is that the fortune teller bar is located across the street from the el chico bakery the el chico bakery located at cherokee and texas go in there and get you some delicious mexican pastries and breads and on the weekends you can go in and buy tamales by the dozen that's the el chico bakery We're also sponsored by The Crow's Nest. The Crow's Nest at 7336 Manchester, the crown culinary jewel on the south side of Manchester across the street from Schnucks. You can uh, head over there on Wednesday nights starting at uh, 1030 for Wild Card Comedy. That's hosted by J.C. Sabala and our good friend Chris Sear and occasionally and intermittently uh, Quentin Wilbert as well. Uh, I went last week. It was a messy old good time. Everybody had uh, everybody had fun. Everybody had fine beverages of many persuasions, uh, and some of us uh, some of us uh, chowed down on some of the delicious delicious crow's nest food. Their kitchen is open until like midnight. I want to say. Uh, J.C. Sabala put down an entire platter of pork poutine uh, right in front of my face. Did he offer me any? No, of course he didn't. Uh, Probably in my best interest that he didn't. But anyway, it's delicious, and you should have some. Have anything that's on that menu. It's, It's fantastic food. Comes out of what I believe to be the world's smallest kitchen. We are also sponsored... By King Edwards Chicken and Fish at 8654 Watson Road on the eastern cusp of Crestwood. King Edwards Chicken and Fish. Chicken and Fish so good, a former British monarch abdicated the throne so he could marry. Wait, that's not, that's not what happened. In any event, get out there to King Edwards and get yourself some delicious fried fish, fried chicken, all the sides, all the trimmings, you're going to love it. And then finally, not a sponsor, but something that we, and when I say we, I mean I, at Impolite Coffee Break, heartily endorse, and that is hashtag MLS for the Lou. That's right. We are still waiting for Major League Soccer to come to the only logical conclusion, and that is that St. Louis is a Major League Soccer city and deserves a Major League Soccer team. So to Carolyn Kindle Betts and the rest of the group with Enterprise uh, Holdings, uh, Enterprise Foundation, whatever it is uh, that is uh, behind this effort, we are behind you. Ron Finger, good morning. It is morning. It is. What's been going on with you these days? For those of you who are unaware, uh, first of all, shame on you. Uh, second of all, uh, Ron is a local stand-up comedian, also uh, uh, produces a show or two here and there with his uh, Giving Them the Finger comedy productions juggernaut. What's, what's been happening with you, sir? Uh, not a lot, man. It's a lot of time on the sidelines, just watching and learning. Yeah? Yeah, that's the best place to learn from is just in your seat, not performing on stage, watching the, the real talent. That's when it, it trickles down, just like Ronald Reagan said it would. That's, uh, so economic principles can be applied to comedy. Is they what can. You're saying. They're, yeah. they're directly related. No, you, I, uh, I, I, I would tend to agree with you there. I mean, I, I enjoy, I, I love performing, obviously, and I love uh, hosting and, and putting on shows and things like that. But I, I love going to other people's shows and sitting and, and watching and, and seeing how people are doing things and, and getting out to the clubs and seeing the, seeing the pros do it. I'm very excited about this coming weekend. Uh, they are not a sponsor, but I'll go ahead and give them a favorable plug because they've been good to me. The, our good friends at the Helium Comedy Club are bringing in Todd Glass this weekend. Ah, Todd Glass. He's I, I, he's a great stand-up, don't get me wrong. His, his podcast is one of my favorites. Um, it's just so ridiculously stupid and so ridiculously sloppy, and that's the beauty part of it because it's, it's so dumb it's brilliant. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm going to the Late Show on Does Friday Does he work night. in government? Not to my knowledge, but then again. Check prob- the binder. He probably wouldn't disclose that. I, I, I can't open the binder in your presence. Oh. You know that. Damn you, Zog. Yeah. 
Good grief. So, well, uh, anything uh, anything cooking as far as uh, any more uh, Cafe Piazza shows? I know you had the Love Show in February. Oscar Aiden from New York came in for that and kind of tore the place up a little bit. Yeah, he was great. I really yeah. liked him. He was he was a fun guy, and uh, he brought people. So that's always a plus. Yes. You got to have people, or there's no show. Well, this is very true. This is very true. That's just basic economic principles. Uh, yeah, I'm doing another show there, May third, Cinco Treso okay. de Mayo. Treso de Mayo. Sorry, sorry, I can't count. What time is that show? It starts generally around eight o'clock. About eight o'clock. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. At, uh, and feel free to come by if, in. And perform if you want. I actually have a show on, on May the 3rd, but mine starts later. Mine starts at 9. Oh, so. yeah. Well, come by early, get get warmed up, and yeah. then head on. Where's your show? My show is at the Kingside Diner in Clayton. Start- oh, well, that's not far. No, uh-uh. Not that's at all. just a skip and a jump. Yeah, no. I'm starting, uh, starting a, a new uh, showcase out there with our good friends at uh, Kingside Diner and uh, also Coleman Properties, uh, the landlord uh, of the high-rise that Kingside is in. They're... Uh, they're doing some promotion with that. Yeah, well, you're kind of like making comedy showcases everywhere you go. You're not really doing the Jewish people any favor and saying that you don't take everything over. You're, you've got a show out in Chesterfield. You got the Monocle. You got a show in Clayton now. Where's, well, I'm creating these things. Where's the next show going to be? Well, Washington D.C. Uh, maybe there's there's enough comedy going on in Washington D.C. without me. We. Uh, we send our quote-unquote best and brightest out to Washington to, to take care of that. Oh, Although, yeah, you can tell. It yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that, uh, that great stand-up Ann Wagner uh, that we continue to Sarah see. Huckabee, she's my favorite stand-up. Uh, she well, can really cut it up, man. She, her delivery and her timing, unparalleled in, in the business. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not really one for, for um, kind of that surreal, bizarre, not believable comedy. I like the relatable stuff. She and is like the emo Phillips of the <laughs> press conference. <laughs> she just doesn't have. She doesn't have that uh, material, man. Emo Phillips. Now there's, there's, there's a guy still I mean, touring. He is still touring. I mean, I remember seeing him in 1989, thinking, "Wow, this guy's still around." He was 40 then. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he actually liked a tweet of mine a couple weeks ago. He's, he's one of my favorite personalities on Twitter, for sure, because he's really genuine, and yep. you never know what he's going to say. No, you don't. And it was, it was very cool to see him get uh, a nice turn in the uh, uh, show that I, one of the shows that I lamented on last week's show, Crashing, uh, which, is, which is no longer with us. But he was in the finale of Crashing, so it was great to be able to, to see Emo and, and uh, being Emo. I mean, a truly unique and special talent. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, on the, on the subject of uh, our local comedy showcases, of course we will have the rundown at, uh, at the end of the program. But uh, I did want to talk about that Chesterfield show. I know Sam uh, had mentioned it uh, a little bit on the lion's den. His, his uh, iteration of uh, the uh, Impolite Company podcast. Um, Sam was a part of that show, as was Kate Barton and uh, Chris Sear. Now, that was the that was the first show that uh, we had done at uh, the Bike Stop Cafe in the Chesterfield Outlet Mall, the one that's over by Top Golf. And uh, when I was talking to management about doing that show, because the cafe itself closes at 8 p.m. They wanted to start the show at 6.30. And there was some concern on their part that an early show might still, you know, pose an issue if there are customers in there with, I guess, families and, and, and whatnot. So they asked for the show to be PG-13. I don't think people know when they say that. I don't think they know what PG thirteen means. Well, that's the thing. That's you know that that's one of the things is that you know PG thirteen still kind of gets into some non family friendly areas. You can drop two f bombs. Two f bombs. That's right. In a PG thirteen, you can show full frontal nudity in PG thirteen. Full frontal nudity. Full frontal nudity. I did not know you that. You can show. You can hang dong in a PG thirteen movie. So the life of Brian could have been a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, as long as you're not. As long as it doesn't. Like enter into a sexual situation, as long as you're just viewing. Okay. Like you can't simulate sex, right? Um, and, and show nudity. But the 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 nude human form can. And you can't appear. show it and refer to it in a sexual way. 
Okay, well... I've done my homework. Every, you certainly have. Well, everybody did keep their clothes on during the show. Uh, but, but what I found really humorous was when I came into the store and was talking with... Well, the cafe. And I was talking with um, the person, my contact there. I look over and they have like a, a little section of um, like cookware and, and little tchotchkes and things like that and they have these these oven mitts with like humorous sayings and pictures and things on it and right there next to the cash register is an oven mitt uh that says something about come and get it you fuckers or something like that on it so it's like now wait a minute here you have you know this this f-bomb here but it was only one so i guess they had, they had exhausted 50 percent of their quota that's why they said pg-13 and, and so we were only allowed one more f-bomb during during the show which we didn't use but poor kate barton um who was our opening act she was petrified because a good 60 percent of her act is her talking about her vagina and she didn't know how she was going to um address that uh, and still keep it PG-13. And I said, just, you know, sometimes it's funnier to struggle with covering that up. Sometimes the the humor is everybody knows what you're talking about, but they're in on the joke that you're not going to actually say it. Well, it didn't quite work that way. She just went straight out and talked about her vagina um, using the term. And it was great. And it turned out that we didn't really need to worry about the PG-13 thing, that everybody uh, who came to the show was completely content with the offerings. Uh, it did kind of start to, to to push the envelope into R, if not even NC-17 territory at times. And uh, that's when we discovered that uh, people are willing to go to an adult-themed show at 6.30 in the evening. So the next one, I think, is going to be No Holds Barred. Well, I think I'd like to go back to a point here, Yale, which is the incredible disconnection of what people in this country think is appropriate for 13-year-olds and what the Motion Picture Association thinks, which is a lot a lot more permissive, isn't and that's kind of weird. Usually it's the other way around. Yeah. Uh, I know by by 13 I had seen some stuff, Yale. Oh yeah. I had been some places. I had already been sexually assaulted. I had been, you know, I had seen people do drugs. By 13. Not me, but, uh, you know, older brothers. Not my older brother. Another Somebody's guy's older, older brother. brother. Okay. So, and, and pe- like, I went to a show once when I first started out. I was in a kind of a similar situation as Miss Barton. Uh, I was out in Nebraska. You were talking about your vagina a I was so, I Dude, I never shut up about my vagina because I, I believe in the power of the vagina. Okay. And also, vagina is not a dirty word. No, it's a clinical term. It, I mean, how else are you supposed to talk about it? I mean, you could go the Chuck Woolery route and talk about whoopee. And hoo has and such, but and Obama, he does a lot I mean, of that. Lately. Are, do, are, we're not Mister Rogers. We're not Mister Rogers' neighborhood. We're you know we're adults. I mean, at thirteen, you're an adult, and even in your religion. That, right? Well, this is very true. This you get is very you get carried around on a chair. Yes, you get a, a bunch of money. You're a man. You can go and kill Palestinians. Don't, well, I personally don't kill Palestinians, but you could. I, I suppose I could, yes. You get an allotment every year, don't you? Um, no, I do not. No, that's a, that's a misnomer, actually. I think they call that blood libel, or that's another iteration of, of blood libel. Whoa, we're getting into some deep territory Yeah, here. this is this is why I bring you on. To... Yale's going to have to start uh, billing if, if, he, if this conversation goes any further. Nah, 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 nah. We, we, we attack the hard issues here at... Uh, at impolite coffee break. That's why we call it impolite coffee break because we're we we don't pussyfoot around things. Not anymore. Not yeah. now we're here. You can wrong. say pussyfoot as much as you want in a PG thirteen show, by the way. All day long. Yeah. Pussyfoot is not censorable. No, it is it is not. Also a medical condition, but you know, we'll get into that in another show. Oh wow. So So uh, wait, wait, real quick. So yeah. we, I go out and it was the same situation and the lady goes, Well, you can do PG or PG thirteen. And I thought, I was like, you just don't know what these words mean. You're just no. saying them. So I looked up what PG-13 was really quick. And no, I don't really say anything that goes beyond PG-13. I don't drop F-bombs. No, you really don't. I, don't, I try not to use profanity. Only when my, my real personality leaks out on stage do I use profanity. Yes. Which is terrible. 
Well, that it's, guy, it's always bad when your personality leaks out because then they have to get the mops. and it's. That's why they don't allow drinking on stage anymore. That's right. I, my personality spilled all over the place. That's right. Nah, that wasn't mine, but... Um. We don't have a cough button. Sorry. So I, you know, right. it's, it's just that time of year. I'm getting the hay fever now. I, I transitioned from, from sinus infection right into hay fever, so... Yeah, it's 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 not a good time of the year, and uh, you uh, you tend to spend a lot of time around uh, pollen generating uh, things. We do live in a river valley, Yale. And Everyone, we, it's 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 pervasive. Yeah. You have to move to Arizona if you don't want to pollen here. I would prefer not to move to Arizona. Actually, I would too. It's not a nice place. No, I mean there's scorpions everywhere. When you have to have like special pillows, like anti-scorpion pillows, and. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, that's 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 problematic for me. And I I lived in Tucson for a couple of months, just you know, camping and and traveling when I was a teenager. It was beautiful, but that's because I lived up on a mountain where the air was. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Tucson is almost like Tucson and Flagstaff. I mean, those almost aren't Arizona, Arizona, because they tend to to get a little cooler. Yeah, and well, the, um, if you've never been to Mount Lemon. Ladies and gentlemen of America, it's probably one of the most beautiful places in this country that nobody knows about. I've I've never been to Mount Lemon. It's right outside of Tucson, and it's a there's a mountain there. There's a an observatory for the University of Arizona. It was right by. They had the Biodome Two was right by there. Okay, and on was top that, of that mountain, that was the one that Pauly Shore was in. Yeah, the okay. um, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't stay there. It's 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 beautiful. I mean, it's one of the you, you go up on top of Mount Lemmon at night and you can see like more stars than any than even in the middle of Kansas. Well, it's a good place for an observatory. Then it is a good place for an observatory. And I'm assuming that the observatory and the mountain themselves were um, donated by the great basketball star Meadowlark Lemon. That, Absolutely, that's why they named it after him. Yes. Okay. It it only makes sense, I guess. All of Meadowlark's Meadowlark Lemon's children probably got into the University of Arizona. I believe as the, a result of that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I think the Super Globe Trotters uh, layer is at the bottom of the mountain. Oh, really? Yeah. That is that Spaghetti is Spaghetti Man. Um, the guy made of water. Globy. We can't Globy. forget. We can't yeah. forget Globy. Globy. That's interesting, you know. With it's it's a misleading name, you know. But I guess Harlem Globetrotters is a little catchier than Tucson Globetrotters. It rolls off the tongue. That's true. That's true. You know, when I when I uh, think Tucson, I don't think you know hard scrabble play uh, playoff uh, playground uh, playground hoops with the the chain nets and and the metal backboards and all that. The the gritty gritty hoops games yeah i I think that's more harlem than they got crit tucson so it's the desert so uh we have revealed today on impolite coffee break that the harlem globetrotters are in fact from arizona and not from harlem at all typical hollywood always always exposing stuff ron finger i mean you're a you're a karate detective and now you're uh, a basketball investigator. You're a basketball truther. You're a hoop truther. Hoop truther. Hoop truther. Ron Finger. I, I, I don't believe that basketballs are flat, but the court is. Oh. Oh, now we're, now we're really getting deep We're really deep getting here. deep. We are getting very deep here. I actually, I actually needed your, uh, your uh, martial arts law enforcement skills a couple of weeks ago. My... Uh, 14-year-old uh, who is very active in, in Taekwondo went to a tournament where she and three other kids were basically hosed by a either incompetent or corrupt judge during a competition. And is there any other kind? Well, I'd like to think that, you know, most of the Taekwondo community has principles. I mean, look at the Karate Kid. He clearly kicks Johnny in the face. Yes. And they said that was no point. And they still gave it to Daniel because I guess they had run out of time. I guess so. I don't. can't trust anybody named Judge. Hmm. The title of Judge is uh, is immediately corrupting. Hmm. As soon as you become a judge, you automatically have no allegiance to to justice. It's like the second the second you take that oath, you uh, 
a, a level of your scruples, a level of your, your morals dissipates into the ether. Yeah, your scruples just go right down the toilet. Mm-mm-mm. See, this is, again, why we bring you on. So many, so many revelations. Uh, what else do we have going on in the world? Oh, we've got so much going on in the comedy world. Um, I don't know if you saw the announcement, but apparently Adam Sandler is coming. I did see that. To play the uh, amphitheater formerly known as Riverport. Wow, that's that, a show. Yeah, that's, that's a big show. I don't that's hard to do as a comedian. Really yeah, hard. Yeah. That many people in an open-air environment. Because I've heard from plenty of people never do comedy outside. Yeah. Well, for, for, for many reasons. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, there's just, there's no intimacy there. I mean, even, you know, I would even go so far as to say, you know, even an arena show is, has got to be tough to play to. Oh, Just because of, of, of size. I mean, to me, it would make sense to, you know... You know, if if you think that you can attract fifteen to twenty thousand people, you know, can't you book you know more than one night? I mean, are, are there really th- those kind of efficiency concerns where you know night after night after night after night you're playing a different fifteen thousand seat venue? I, I I don't think so. You know, go for go for three nights. It's not like you've got massive amounts of equipment or anything to bring with well him. but he you know he's got the whole band and he does a much different show he's going to be playing songs and did, i saw what when he released that last song i mean he had a full band on stage yeah and, so it's probably going to be to be in that environment you have to because it's not just his talent but it's the way people behave when people go to a concert environment they're going to behave like they behave at a concert which is whooping and hollering and not paying attention right smoking drugs and doing all beach those balls things. beach balls that are like they're fine they're fine activities but it's it's really distracting to try to get the attention of twenty thousand people when exactly. they're all having a good time yeah no that's it's 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 odd it's just an odd i'll an probably odd situation. go but well yeah well yeah i'll probably go yeah I, just uh, to see how it's pulled off and if he can really do it because when I, you know, I saw he was coming, and I figured, oh, maybe, maybe Chaffetz, which is huge too. Yeah, but it's still it's a more controlled environment, and comedy is all about control. You got to control how pe- you know you're controlling everything. As soon as you walk on stage, you're controlling how they perceive you, how you connect with each other, and how you push them along through your ideas. In a you know twenty thousand people, does does Riverport hold twenty? I think it does. Damn. I mean, in, in that open because of the environment. Yeah. I mean, that's just, wow. I'm, I'm impressed by the challenge. Yeah. Especially here with all these wonderful St. Louisians who just love to participate in everything. Yeah. There's, there, there is that, but, and, and then you've got the, the added deal with you're right next to an interstate highway and you're right in the takeoff and landing path of a not necessarily major, but still certainly relevant airport. Relevant. Yeah. I don't know about that. I went to Lambert um, on a Friday just a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and it was dead. I really? Mean, dead. Wow. I walked through security w- without anybody in front of me. Really? Yeah, on a Friday. Wow. And like, not, like midday. Not, okay. Not well, super early, Yeah. but not super late. I mean, it was like, you know, like I think my flight was like uh, 9 a.m. Yeah. Which seems like it should be a busy time. I would DIA yeah, I would, at nine a.m. There's like ten billion people. Oh yeah. Well, I f- I flew out of there at nine o'clock in the morning on a Thursday a couple weeks ago, and it was pretty crowded. It was pretty crowded, so that's weird. But maybe, yeah, I guess on a Friday on a Friday maybe there just isn't that much morning travel as much as there's probably evening travel with business folks coming and going. But yeah, but I, you know, and now you've got the added challenge of, you know, do you really want to have, you know, a concert or any kind of a performance out at that area when the risk still exists that a 737 Max 8 could, you know, come tumbling into your venue? I hope Boeing isn't listening to this. Falling out of the sky. Well, why would Boeing be listening to this? I mean, it's they not, listen to everything. It's not as if they have several thousand people, you know, right here in the St. Louis area that that could be listening to this show. God bless like the my F-18. next door neighbor. 
<laughs> but he's yeah he's uh, he's in the aerospace part. He's not in the commercial aviation part. So he's he works on the F eighteen. Yeah, I'm not sure what he works on exactly. He won't tell me. Every time I've every time I've asked, he's just walked away. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the defense industry. You have to talk to says, Alex Karens. He well, he'll tell you. Alex Karras? No, Alex Karras is dead. He was on Mr. Belvedere. Who's who is the guy? He's got three different. Last oh, names. Alex Carnes. 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 Okay. Yeah, Alex Karras. That was a uh, George Papadopoulos. Yes. And, uh, Mongo yes. and uh, and Mongo. Thank you. Yes. There's a there's a uh, more age appropriate uh, reference. An incredibly talented man. He was an incredibly talented man. Gone too soon. He was also. Uh, he was also a uh, pitch man for West Bend Appliances back in the 70s because when my dad was in retail business and he would go to the houseware uh, exhibition in Chicago, Alex Karras was always there. Did you know that he was the producer of Webster? Oh, Webster, not Mr. Belvedere. Bob Euchre was Mr. Belvedere. He and his wife, which was also his wife. Yes, it was his real life wife. Yes, They produced the show and then eventually, like they had a show going about him and then eventually the, the studio was like, well, wait a second. What if we add this little black kid yeah, Emmanuel Lewis, and they were like, "Oh, okay, you know," and then you know it became all about Webster. Even though the show was not named Webster, you know, that that's not what they had originally developed. I did not realize that. Yeah, it's good. It's you know, TV um, trivia is is an interesting world. But it, so, what's Emmanuel Lewis doing these days? I, the last time I saw him was on that celebrity, you know, halfway house when he was on there with Hammer. He didn't look, you know, he's like older. Little people don't live like little people and really big people all die young because their organs aren't made right. You got to be right there yeah. in like five five to five eight, and you'll live to be a hundred. Okay, well I'm there then. So Emmanuel, I, you know, I mean, I, he doesn't work. I guess he's just living off of uh, residuals from Webster. I guess so. I mean, I guess it's still playing somewhere. It's got to be playing. You know, you have all these countries that are opening up. China, they're all, you know, Webster is is a new show to them. That's true. That's true. Hmm. Hmm. <coughs> Webster, the next big thing, big little thing. Everywhere else, it's going to come. I mean, well, they should bring him back. I mean, well, look at. I mean, you know, look at all of a sudden the, the the popularity of Friends again. I mean, people were ready to burn down the Netflix headquarters when they were going to discontinue um, showing the reruns of Friends. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, Friends kind of grew on me after a while. I didn't watch it on its original run, but in through syndication, it's not a bad show. It's not a great show. No. It definitely is, like, really, like, sexist and homophobic. Oh, without question. I mean, those people are sociopaths. And and Ross, the, the Ross character, he's mentally ill. Oh, definitely. He's a weirdo that would have a restraining order against him from his sister. I mean, he's, like, so creepy. He's got anger management issues. But and manipulative. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, he could have easily been, like, uh, the, the next Sandy Hook shooter if he oh. didn't get his way. Well... That I, he did get very upset over a, a sandwich. I remember a sandwich being taken out of the refrigerator. So he got upset over a lot of stuff. That was that's like his main reaction. Yeah, and I, I never really liked his character. But you know, Joey and Chandler and uh, Phoebe, they were enough. And of course, when you get to look, I mean, looking at Jennifer Aniston, that's just the timeless. Just Jennifer about Aniston. It. Yeah, yeah, God, she's like he looks younger and more beautiful now. Yeah, than she, she really did. does. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's you know maybe a little cliche to say that, but I mean, yeah, and and I don't think there's any work there. I mean, it doesn't seem to me like she's been under the knife. I mean, she's just no. no she's, maybe it's all that smart water she drinks, stem cells, and uh, who's the, who's that uh, that singer that she was married to? Or well, she was wasn't she married to Brad Pitt? Well, she was married to Brad Pitt, but it was after Brad Pitt. It was some. He's like a really popular. See, I don't know his name, but I couldn't tell you. Well, it's my my knowledge of popular singers ends probably sometime around like Seal. Seal. <laughs> that's that's about. Where he is. He's like the White Seal. He's got like brown curly hair, and everybody knows who he is. Was she married to the Counting Crows guy? No, no, that guy had dreads. Yeah. And it was really depressing. Yeah. And wasn't he a heroin addict, too? Pro- 
Probably. I, I they mean, all are heroin pop, addicts. Popular, popular musician would have to be. I mean, God, I don't want to go to the phone, but I'm like, I'm dying to know who this is. Call, hmm. call in, listeners. If yes, you know, if you know who we're talking about. The number, uh, the number here at the studio is is five. That's it. Just five. Just hit five, and you'll uh, you'll eventually be connected. To, hello, uh, the caller. You're on the air. Yes, Festus. Hello. <laughs> you'd be a great you'd be a, a great call-in host yeah no i would be a terrible call-in host really i don't know i think yeah, i, think I, I be... lack the court well i guess if i had a producer that could could run the phone then then i suppose i would be a, a good look call-in who walked host. in yeah chris the gardner producer. walked in that's right so he could he could do it for me that was and in... all i'd have to do is is have dialogue there that was in the binder wasn't it I, when again, he walks in, I, I I cannot disclose that information. He is he gets he gets three percent of the binder because he is he, he found out from twenty uh, three and Me uh, that he's like three percent Jewish. So, but you got to go like you got to do the paperwork. You can't just be Jewish by genetics, right? You got to get like there's a there's a, a licensure process. I can't you got to really get your foreskin chopped off. You got to get uh, you got to beat up some indigenous people. Uh, you got you know. There's a lot of there's a, a lot of little things. That I hadn't heard about the indigenous people thing, and we must. I guess because uh, I'm reform, I guess we skip that. You skip that part. I, th- I think I don't know. I see it all the time on Twitter. Like Sarah Silverman, she never shuts up about it. She's just like, oh my god, they're beating up another one, and she's Jewish. She is. She is indeed with a name like Sarah Silverman. How could you not be? Probably not. She's probably going to get kicked out now that, that they know that she's she's on to him. Could be. Um, speaking of uh, India shooting satellites out of space, uh, the Prime Minister of India announced yesterday that they have shot a satellite out of space. Sweet. They're now the uh, fourth country on the planet uh, to uh, have the capability of shooting satellites out of space. I'm assuming it was their own satellite. They're also a nuclear power. They are. Which should nu- really scare you because they don't own toilet paper, but they have nuclear weapons. They don't own toilet paper? No. I didn't realize. What do they lease it? Or? No, they have. It's like a caste system. There's somebody who has to go. They're the toilet paper person, and they just come up and. and so they have toilet paper. It's just that not everybody. Not refined virgin wood pulp toilet paper. Okay. That all civilization needs, and that's the true measuring stick of civilization. Is do the quality you destroy forests just to wipe your butt? I do. Okay. Fair enough. And then, you know, we could get an expert like Tina Deball in here. Uh, she is uh, like a toilet paper sommelier. I mean, I think she's certified in uh, grading the qualities of, of toilet paper. So we should probably have her on. Maybe we could have like a, a, a three-part discussion about this. I'm all, I'm all in. I know a lot about toilet paper. Okay. Uh, well, then that would be a fascinating but discussion. But isn't it odd that India is such a weird sort of third world country and they have like India and Pakistan both have nukes. I mean, that does where, what did they do? Did they just have like one really good crop of physicists that showed up one day? Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, it could be, I, you know, there's, there's a lot that come over to the United States and study over here. So, you know, maybe one of them, we're not supposed to teach them that we're supposed to teach them like how to not make, you know, we're supposed to give them like off plans and not how to make nuclear bombs. I don't know. I I, uh, I was an English major. Um, I didn't have to. I didn't have to deal with any of that. I, uh, as far as you know, I don't know anything uh, about the nuclear secrets. It's in the binder, Yale. I haven't gotten to that part of the binder yet. It just—it's really yes. weird. I that's saw fi- that's filed under R for Rosenberg, as in Julius and Ethel. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I have I have rendered rendered Ron Finger speechless, or maybe that's phlegm. Could be phlegm. It's a little both. It was both. It was laughing, sort of organ failure. So you're a you're, so you're a space guy. Um, you Love know, so space. this is so to me this is fascinating. Um, I would like to. Uh, I would, if anybody's got any connections to the government of India, I would like to talk to them and see what they can do about maybe shooting Elon Musk's car out of space. I don't think they can because I would watch that on pay per view. It's not in orbit. I thought they had. I thought that was headed to Mars. Well, it's it's just headed out. Yeah, it's headed away from Earth. So yeah. that would be hard. But because I mean, 
when when you're shooting a ballistic trajectory is like a it's a parabola, so it would be really hard to shoot to arc something that far. It would take like a Saturn rocket or something. Well, you know, it's not outside the realm of possibility. You, you'd have to talk to your neighbor about that. One. I want to see that car get shot out of space. I think that would. Be I thought so you were cool. going to say I wish they would shoot Elon Musk into space, but I, I kind of he's like one of the only billionaires I like. Okay, any particular reason why? Well, because he's kind of a uh, he's not in in line with the rest of them. He's not a Jeff Bezos kind of oh, this is true. Uh, Nazi. Um, he all of the things that he's doing are to try to advance society. The boor, you know the boring company and the all the the work that he's doing in space they're they're good things. He's not just feathering his own nest and buying. You know, I mean, I don't know. He might have a super yacht, but he seems to be really. Spending his money and do, and the one person who's actually creating industries and and creating things out of his billions, whereas you got a guy like Jeff Bezos who just seems like now that he's got billions of dollars, he just wants more. And what project has Jeff Bezos gone out and done other than try to like screw the towns that he's moving into out of tax dollars? Well, he did buy the Washington Post. You know, democracy dies in darkness. So it does seem like he's trying to prop up a uh, a, a dying industry to make sure that uh, there remains a viable uh, conduit of of information that is not peddled by the government. Well, that's true, but it's just a it's it's a conduit of information peddled by corporate America and by another billionaire that you can't trust. Fair enough. I mean, you know, like. Warren Buffett and, and Bill Gates, they give their money away, which yes. is kind of boring. Elon Musk, he's out there smoking weed, shooting his car into space. He's, a, he's like a billionaire out of the 20s. You know, if you give him a dirigible, he'll start throwing silver dollars to the poor people and dropping turkeys on Thanksgiving. That's my kind of rich guy. So, I, he's, so he's kind of the anti-Monty Burns. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Monty... He's eccentric. He does weird shit, but... He's not a sociopath. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. I think that's pretty accurate. Hmm. He seems down to earth. And, and they've both been on The Simpsons. They both, yeah. Who hasn't been on The Simpsons though? I have not been on The Simpsons. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty positive. I don't know. I think you were like, weren't you the Capital City uh, mascot? The Capital City goof. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was not. But my favorite Capital City moment on The Simpsons will always be the uh, when uh, when the family went uh, to Capital City uh, for a vacation or whatever, and, and uh, Tony Bennett was singing in the streets. That's the same episode, when they, when they take Homer to Capital City that, to, to perform. Oh, that's right, Dancing Homer. Dancing Homer. That's right, that's right, it was the same one. And they, the song, the Capital City song. Yes. It's a cuckoo swinging town. Yep. Yeah, and there's Tony Bennett, and it was actually Tony Bennett. Yeah, that was a great moment, yes. for sure. What a, what a wonderful talent. Isn't he still touring, though? Yeah, he is. Yeah, amazing man. Yeah. Amazing man. I think he is 93 in September. And still year. singing. Still yeah. singing, yeah. God bless him. I want to drink his blood. <laughs> um, I think Lady Gaga is currently doing that. Oh, God. God bless her. I thought she was drinking Bradley Cooper's blood. Well, she, well she's got a, a thirst. Yeah, she does. But no, I, that album that those two did together was really good. Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. Oh, I thought you were going to say Lady Gaga and Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, no. I think they did an album together, too, kind of. I but never saw the movie. I didn't either. I'm not, that's not my kind of movie. I'm, no. I'm endgame all the way. I'm not watching another movie unless it is superhero-related. Yeah, and, and I just don't go to movies anymore. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to comedy shows and stuff like that. I mean, that's what, that's what I do with my free time. If something is, is really that compelling, then, you know, it'll be on Netflix eventually. Yeah, I mean, the model for movie releases is, is beautiful. They, they put it out in the theaters, and they release it in six months. And right. You're, you're watching it at if home. If that, if that even. I, I, or you can just watch it, you know, um, torrented from China. Exactly, exactly, bootlegged. My brother was such a feminist that he bootlegged Captain Marvel right after we watched it. He, was, you know, put some lipstick on, and he was just like, woo, you go, girl. Well, good for him. Thank you, China. Good for him. Okay, what are we talking about here? Okay, so we got plenty of time. Yeah, we got plenty of time. We got time to we got time to roll. You want to talk about better together, or is that bad for us? 
Is that well, going to get me? Is I, hey, look, you know, it's uh, everything. Everything is game, but uh, for for those of you uh, outside of the St. Louis metropolitan area, of which uh, there are literally millions of you, um, better together is this kind of, I would say, grassroots. Other than the fact that it's being, you know, pushed by billionaire. Um, effort to merge the uh, city of St. Louis and the county of St. Louis, which have been independent political entities since the late 19th century. And uh, so now there's this movement to merge the city and the county, and it's creating all kinds of uh, sturm and drang here uh, locally, uh, especially since basically the way that it has been sold uh, to the public right now is that it actually requires a vote of the entire state because there are constitutional dimensions uh, to the merger. And uh, Ron Fanger's got some opinions on it. So uh, let, let, let's get into that. Well, the, the first, I mean, what I'm not really opinionated about the city and the county merging. I think that if that's a dynamic that needs to happen, it's something that should be approached through the system. What, what my question is, is who the hell is better together and why do they all of a sudden have all of this sway over my life and your life? And I've never even met these people. And I know Rex Singfeld does not have the better interest of people in mind. He is a guy who is clearly stated he has an agenda, a very uh, slanted political agenda that is, I, you know, I'm not going to get into all that, but. I don't understand why all of a sudden he's been given free reign. I mean, I know why, because he's got the he's money. He's got money. And he just gives it to people, and they do whatever he wants. Yeah. So why have the people that we have elected, why have they abdicated their responsibility and said, hey, Rex, you're steering the ship? I know I know the voters voted for us, but here's my signature, and I'm just going to give it to you. And it's it really seems like the people and the citizenry have been sidestepped here, and the citizenry of St. Louis is really getting the short end of the stick. All their representation is going to be dissolved and their assets are going to be absorbed by the county and the voters of the city don't have any say in it. And it really bothers me as, as a taxpayer in the city that some someone in Nixa or Chillicothe or some outlying area that is, is going to vote on what happens to me. I don't get to vote on what happens in their towns. I don't you know and they're they're very adamant about that. They they don't they their separation from the city is, is a point of pride for most of the people in the state of Missouri. So it, it is kind of bothersome to, to have people all of a sudden quite quickly because the plan that I saw yesterday has is, is being implemented in 2021, which is a year away. That's insane. It is insane. I mean, how can you transition that fast and not give anybody a chance to have a voice? Yeah. That's, that's hijacking. That's not a, that's not a representative government. Yeah. I mean, we should, we should, uh, Learn a lesson from uh, our our cousins over across the pond in Great Britain right now. That uh, Titanic, oh, probably bad. Well, that actually may be a pretty good analogy, but enormous governmental shifts, uh, governance governance shifts uh, should not be engaged in hastily. I mean, we're going on now year three of the Brexit process, and there still isn't a plan there. So I don't know how they're gonna. I don't know how you how could, they're gonna forge a separate or a a unification of two pretty complex entities, one of which contains another ninety three separately incorporated jurisdictions that are all gonna have to get woven. I I just don't see. I I, I did want to backtrack for those who uh, uh, did not recognize the name Rex Sinkfield. Rex Sinkfield was one of the very early uh, hedge fund. Uh, people, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's where he made his yeah, hedge his funds. billions. He lives in this little duchy in South Central Missouri, um, and uh, for some reason is obsessed with uh, the governance of uh, of St. Louis, with dismantling the government. Yeah, but uh, particularly of of, of St. Louis. But he's very much an anti-government, anti-tax type of a person. And I saw him walk out of a Culver's in Chesterfield Valley about two years ago. Just had to add that. I that really has nothing to do. Great with Great burgers. They are. They are. The good mushroom burgers. Swiss at, at Culver's is just divine. Well, you know, nobody makes a better burger than 
the Crow's Nest, the crow's 7336 nest. Manchester, in the heart of Maplewood. But for a fast food burger, yes, Culver's is a very Yeah, for good a drive-thru. Yes, yes. For a place with a drive-thru. Yes. Crinkle fries, not so much. The but. cheese curds, though. Oh. The cheese curds are, are quite possibly literally to die for. I'm going to have to find out. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you I love should. Oh, cat fried cheese. Yeah, they're they're amazing. Get out of my way. Yeah, the cheese curds are amazing. But anyway, um getting back to the the subject at hand. I mean, St. Louis County has like 93 separately incorporated municipalities within its boundaries. And then to try and dissolve all of those governments and then dissolve the county and dissolve the city and create this mega thing. I don't I, 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 I honestly, I, I don't know what the reason is. Legi- well, the, the 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 logic behind it is that they're they're not looking at this from a point of view of how do we do this right. It's just that they want it, and when rich people want things in modern society, they, they're not used to not getting it. So there's no it, it it's it seems like very hastily done, like you're saying. Like we've gone from being the separate entities to in two years we're all going to be merged that doesn't even sound logistically possible i mean just the paperwork is going to take a year is it is it possible that they discovered oil under the old pruitt igo site it, it wouldn't surprise me is that if, if there was something like that or the the ark of the covenant or what what they what what singfeld really wants to do though is to div, divide the city's assets and to be able to sell those and privatize those and I don't know why. They're, you're not going to get a better service when you privatize all those. Like, if you privatize the city water, you know what you're going to get? A higher water bill. That's sure. it. A higher water bill and probably less service than you do from the city and less influence over that service. And the same will be for your refuse and for uh, the, any of the city divisions. You're, you're going to get less for your money. If it's privatized, that, I, I don't know how else to explain it to you. Yeah. You have no representation. You have no influence over that. And if you've ever worked a job where you didn't have any representation, then you, you're not going to know how bad that is because you're at the mercy of the rich people. And guess what? Rich people don't care about you. Can I say that? I think you can. Okay. I mean, if we get yanked off the I don't want De- I don't want Denman coming down here. What are you talking about? My, ri- my people. That's all right. Travis will keep him in line. Travis will keep him in line. Well, that took a really serious turn. It did. It did. It did. It's a. It's a. It's a different dimension uh, of of the Ron Finger that we all know and love. But it's different is good. Different is good. Different. I shouldn't. Maybe I should. We should cough button all that. Well, it's like yeah. I mean, Sears liable to decide this isn't good for the franchise. We're just going to eliminate that. Here's, here's, Place, that's where you play the James Brown. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, we can't. We don't have an ASCAP license. So oh no. We, yeah, we can't do any of that. Do I have to sing some some the the Godfather of Soul? Uh, that that Chris, give me give me a C. <laughs> Ow! No, that was terrible. Yeah, that was that wasn't good. We'll we'll edit that out. No, yeah. we, we won't edit Beep. that out. We don't have that kind of technology here. Damn you, ASCAP. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I was. There's there's like no like ASCAP. I mean, because there's like a bunch of different licenses that you have to get in order to you know play music, real music uh, on a podcast. And there's like no streamlined clearinghouse to be able to do all that. I had often thought about, yeah, maybe I'll start that. Maybe you should open that as a, as a branch of your practice. Maybe I should. Except I don't practice anymore. I just tell. Call it other, y- Yale Cap. Other, that's right, Yale Cap. I like it. It would just be like a yarmulke, I guess. But connect a Bluetooth yarmulke. Yeah. So, Ron, you got any shows scheduled? Scheduled? Let's yeah. See. You got any, anything coming um, up in the next week or so? Coming up in the next week or so? No, man. I, I mean, book me. Somebody out there, book Ron Finger. You I, heard it. You heard it. And and uh, for uh, a, a slight upcharge, he'll do an additional fifteen minutes on Better Together. I'll do. I'll and do why it isn't? Want. Yeah, I'll do that for free. Well, we do have uh, we do have uh, uh, quite the quite the schedule of comedy goings on uh, going on between Friday, March 29th and Thursday, April. 4th, 5th, whatever it is. Um, so let's talk about it. First of all, let's talk about 
uh, upcoming shows within the Impolite Company slash Impolite Coffee Break uh, family of, of shows. Uh, Coffee Break, the stand-up showcase at the Monocle, uh, will next take place at 8 p.m. on April the 12th. That's a Friday night, as it always is. Emily Hickner is headlining that show. Uh, we've got Jeremy Helwig as your feature and Richie James as your opener. Impolite Company, the stand-up showcase at the Crack Fox. that takes place at 9.30 on Fridays. April 19th is the next one. Uh, Rafe Williams, I believe, is the headliner for that show. And uh, Justin Luke is also in the lineup for that show. And, of course, Chris Sear, I believe, is either hosting or uh, definitely doing some time on that show. So that'll be a good one. And then, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, the Clayton Comedy Showcase makes its debut on Friday, May the 3rd. That goes from 9 to 10.30 p.m. Uh, start your evening off at Cafe Piazza for Ron Fingers' uh, showcase from his Giving Them the Finger production. Moving on to what's going on tonight, if you're listening to this on Friday, March 29th, Rafe Williams has two shows at the Improv Shop, 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. He is recording a comedy album, uh, so be a part of that. Have your laughter memorialized forever uh, on vinyl, because I'm sure that he's going to have a cool hipster vinyl version of his album. Uh, That's a $10 ticket. Again, that is at the Improv Shop. Saturday, March 30th, it's the South City Comedy Series at Apotheosis Comics. Open mic starts at 7.30 p.m., showcase at 8 p.m. I am sitting in, or standing in, I guess it were, for Tom Brown. That's his show, but I'll be hosting it on Saturday night. Uh, We've got Rich Braun, Molly Ambergie, Brendan Olson, Casey Paulson, and Rebecca Carney on that show. Um, Also, uh... Uh, on Saturday night at 8.15 at the Improv Shop. It is the Comedy Showcase at the Shop. This is going to be a special show. Uh, This is going to be an hour of Michael Palasek. He's a great comic out of Chicago. Uh, He's uh, got an hour special. He's going to be performing that. He's been on Last Comic Standing. Uh, He was also recently on Late Night with Stephen Colbert. Uh, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, excuse me. Um, so that is going to be a great show. Eight fifteen at the Improv Shop. Twelve bucks to get in for that. Super nice guy. Yeah, yeah, good guy, good guy. Uh, Monday, April first. On Mondays we do open mics. Open mic at the Improv Shop at eight o'clock. Comics can start signing up for that um, officially at six p.m. But I guarantee you there'll be people in the parking lot waiting to get in at 1.45 in the afternoon because yeah. that's a very popular Very mic. thirsty destination. Indeed, indeed. And the Comedy Shipwreck at 10 p.m. at the Heavy Anchor that, of course, is hosted by our friend Chad Wallace. Uh, there is an online sign-up for that, uh, although if you pop in and hang around, you might get some time. It's, it's, it's hard to say, especially after Chad falls asleep. Those are free shows On Tuesday, there are no shows, but Tuesday, April the 2nd, we wish a very, very happy birthday to our good friend and host of the Lion's Den, Sam Lyons. It is Sam Lyons' birthday on Tuesday, April the 2nd, and one of the reasons why I remember that is because it is my 51st birthday as well. Well, no, he's not going to be 51. I'm going to be 51. We share a birthday. April the 2nd. Very touching. Tuesday, yes. Isn't it, though? Wednesday, April the 3rd. Wild Card Wednesday. Open mic at the Crow's Nest. That shows at 10.30 p.m. Comics can start signing up for that. Ten-ish. Sometimes, depending on who's there, the the list will go out about 9.30, 9.45. But certainly by 10 o'clock, there will be a list there for you to sign. Hey, help set up if you come early. Uh, Chris and JC work real hard on that show. And, you know, every... Everything that you can do to to help out would be great. And also, you know, buy stuff from the crow's nest while you're there. Thursday, the 4th of April. It is, of course, being Thursday, Free Comedy Thursday, presented by our friends at We Are Live at Southtown Pub. That show is at 8 p.m. on April the 4th. It's Ladies Night. Michaela Moore, 
uh, Lauren LeJudice. I don't know if she's going to be doing straight stand-up or if she's going to be doing her Melania Trump act, but uh, that will be very amusing. Kate Barton and Tina Deball. Maybe she'll talk about toilet paper. Maybe she'll give us a, a review of Southtown Pub's toilet paper and, and, and how that compares to, to other venues about town. And then also on Thursday, April the 4th, it's Boondoggle, episode 11, Johnny Midnight. Uh, this is the production of Aaron Sawyer. He does this in tandem uh, with a local comedy personality. Uh, this go around, it is the very talented Lucy Dames. She of the Improv Shop uh, and, and, and other adventures. Uh, that's a 9 o'clock show at the Heavy Anchor, uh, 5226 Gravoy. Uh, that show is $5, so get out and support that. Ron Finger. I do, wait. Yes. Brendan Olson's World Series of Comedy show, I think, the, is that April 9th? April 9th? Tuesday, April 9th. Uh, yeah, we'll probably plug that. In the next show? In the next show, but yeah. yeah. Come out to that, because it's going to be a real a real battle royal. Is that, uh, is that the one that's going on over at the... The, the Casino Queen? or No, the that? Night Owl. Oh, the Night Owl. That's right. Brendan's, yeah. Brendan's event, the, the Casino Queen is where the World the Series World of Series Comedy is, is be, happening. Yes. That's where the final event is. But his event is going to be The satellite the event here in St. Louis is going to be at the Night Owl on Grand on April the 9th. What a, what a world we live in where Ron Finger talks about the Night Owl on Grand. Going, to, going back there, isn't that a little bit ironic? Yes. Um, there, there are four of you listening right now that will understand uh, where this is coming from. And, you know, I'm just going to kind of leave it that way because if you want the insight on what that whole uh, discussion was about, you're going to have to start getting involved in following St. Louis comedy. So We'll do a recap after the show, and I'll tell the story. Okay, we can we can, we can. All right. Okay. Well, that is going to wrap it up for this week's Impolite Coffee Break. Ron Finger, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Joining us and sharing your wisdom and your insight. Uh, For Chris Gardner, who is running the board, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. And thank you to the listener for for being patient with us and and going through uh, this little voyage with us. Uh, I'll be back next week. Who will be with me? I don't know. You'll just have to tune in and find out. That's it. Bye, folks.